Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, However you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today's a big old Thursday. We've got Thursday night football on tonight. Uh, Broncos at or Browns at Broncos uh, tonight. Going to be a good one. No Baker Mayfield, unfortunately. So not the greatest for the Browns. Going to be rocking with Case Keenum. Uh, we've got to finish up our film study from last night. That we didn't get to Raiders at Broncos. We want to take a look at Teddy Bridgewater. So when we do our film study for today, we can kind of get a nice glimpse of are we going to be, which side of the bet are we going to be on um, for today's Thursday night game. We'll also look at Case Keenum as well because he got into the game last week for the Browns. He threw it three times. So it's a small sample size, but what has Case Keenum done for us lately? We'll take a look at that as well. And then we'll, you know, predict a line um, and react to that as well. Going to be predicting all the week seven lines, not just the Thursday night game, but uh, we'll see where we stack up with Vegas's thinking. And if there's any more disrespect, we found some disrespect last week. Three great disrespectful values that we cashed in last week. Cardinals plus three, utter disrespect. Um, and then the Titans plus five and a half that rose all the way up to Titans plus six. Once again, disrespect, we cashed in bingo bango. So we'll be looking for that today as well. Um, and then also, if we have time in the show, I want to take a look at all of Sam Darnold's incompletions. There was 24 there was twenty four incomplete passes thrown by Sam Darnold in that game last Sunday. Were they all on Sam Darnold? Were they all on the receivers? Who were they more on? So if we have time in the show, I do want to get to that as well. To, you know, see, was Sam Darnold just playing poor or was his receivers not helping him out? We know some instances of his receivers not helping him out, but we want to get a clear number of those 24. Was it 12 and 12? Was it 20 and 4? Sam Darnold. So we'll take a look at that if we have time in the show, which uh, we probably won't. So if we can't do it today, we should be able to fit it in on Saturday show, but we'll see. So, uh, without further ado, there was basketball on last night as well. So, we got to do our daily NBA 10. Unfortunately, we do not have the on-screen clock working just quite yet. So, we're going to have to keep track on our phone. But we are going to increase it to 15 minutes today because there was 11 big old games on. So, without further ado, let's enter our NBA 10. The next 15 minutes are purely NBA, breaking it down. And when the siren goes off... We got to stop. So here we go. Our NBA Daily 10 starts right now. All righty. Here we go. Big day in the NBA last night. 11 games play. Sheesh. And there were some great performances. So let's start with the first game up here. And that's Pacers at Hornets and man oh man LaMelo Ball having an absolutely great game well let's tell you the winner here 123-122 win one point win for the Hornets last night over the Pacers so let's start here with the Hornets since they got the win LaMelo Ball folks 31 points 7 assists 9 rebounds on 47% shooting and 7 of 9 from 3 sheesh the man is balling out and the best thing about it he only had 2 turnovers this man was absolutely great last season but now his second year full season under his belt this man is taking off big time and helping out. 
Uh, Kelly Oubre Jr., newest addition here for this Hornets team, and he played all right. Two of nine from three. Obviously not the greatest guy to get that up. We know he was kind of floundering big time on that Warriors team, kind of playing second fiddle to Steph Curry, and now he's in the kind of same spot here with this Hornets team playing second fiddle to LaMelo Ball. So we'll see if he can kind of uh, work his way into what needs to be done for Kelly Oubre Jr. at the two here. So he had 14 points, three rebounds, but the shooting was not there. It wasn't there last year either. So we, we could see if Tsunami Poppy, Kelly Oubre Jr. can get back to, you know, his old Tsunami ways. Uh, Mason Plumley at the five, you know, solid five here. Not a not a tier one big, not a tier three big, a solid kind of tier two big out here. Maybe borderline on you know low tier one, but solid performance by Mason Plumley. Eight points, ten rebounds, five assists, fantastic. And then uh, Gordon Hayward doing his thing, twenty-seven points, shooting the ball twenty-two times. And Miles Bridges at the four doing his thing as well. So Hornets overall team is looking solid so far. This is going to be an exciting team to watch. Watch out for Lamelo Ball and see how long he can keep up this fantastic level of play and then when we go to the Pacers this is classic Pacers no DeBontis Sabonis leading the team 33 points 15 rebounds classic four of six from the three this is literally DeBontis Sabonis and it's 280 DeBontis Sabonis because he had the game winning shot right here Pacers down one point he gets a nice little kind of uh, fadeaway bank shot trying to go for right here here it goes and it does not go. So, unfortunate. DeBontis Sabonis, classic, loses, good performance, always lost in the shuffle. So, that's probably what we're going to be seeing from this Pacers team. Great performances by Sabonis. Overall, lackluster record, classic Pacers. And that's really all they've got. they got Malcolm Brogdon. At the 1, 28 points, 11 assists. Once again, real good, but you're going to lose these games. So, Pacers, they got to get that another oomph. They got to get that oomph to put them over these close losses over here. They've been doing it for two or three years. Uh, but well done for the Hornets, and we'll see how they're looking progressing for the rest of the season. But out to a hot start uh, with their first win. All right, next game up here is the Bulls at Pistons, and this is the Bulls, folks. This is this new-look Bulls. Lonzo at the one, Zach Levine at the two, DeMar DeRozan at the three, Patrick Williams at the four, and Vucevic at the five, and this is a good-looking team. Lonzo Ball uh, showing out. Not as good as LaMelo Ball, but still really good out here. 12 points, four assists, six rebounds. He was a plus 17 on the floor, and that's what we know of Lonzo Ball. He's got some pretty solid defense. Yes, he's a good one passing and scoring, but he's also a solid defender, plus 17, the highest plus minus on the Bulls last night. Zach Levine, the classic, you know, he's the one that kind of started this new era of Bulls basketball out here. 34 points, 4 assists, 7 rebounds. He's getting it done. Vucevic at the 5, 15 points, 15 rebounds, a plus 13. We'll take that all day. And then DeMar DeRozan finally off of that Spurs team last year. Now has a chance to win in their winning games. 17 points, 7 rebounds, a plus 5 on the floor. Watch out for this Bulls team. They don't have the best bench. They got Alex Caruso from the Lakers, but I mean, he's not going to be good not on the Lakers off the bench he had three points on one of five from shooting on 27 minutes so that's basically the best bench player that they have so that's going to be something to maybe look at um, at the trade deadline and how blasphemous is this Derrick Rose didn't play or Derrick Jones Jr. didn't play because of a coach's decision man how this man has fallen we've been tracking this man for the last two seasons we really love what we see from Derrick Jones the explosiveness that he has just doesn't really know what his role is on a team here can never figure it out he was starting last season 
I forgot who on the Bulls got injured, so they moved Derek Jones into the starting lineup. Never really made an impact. They move him back down to the bench. Once again, no impact here, and now he's not even playing? You're telling me Derek Jones Jr. can't come off this bench of Troy Brown Jr., Javante Green, Alex Caruso, Elise Johnson, um, and then A.U. Dosunumu? I mean, what, what are we talking about here? So get Derek Jones Jr. back in this game, and then hopefully this man can be an explosive off-the-bench player uh, for this Bulls team. But overall, the starting lineup is going to be a nice starting lineup to watch for. Uh, Got to work on the bench, though. All right, and then the Pistons, they're going to be not very good. Yes, they've got Jeremy Grant. Okay, Jeremy Grant, 24 points, 6 rebounds, 40% on 20 shots, 3-5 from the 3. That's their best player by far. We can trust nobody else. Killian Hayes at the 1, Frank Frank Jackson at the 2, Sadiq Bay, you know, second year, we believe, uh, right? Second year, one-year experience, two years experience, uh, you know, getting a little bit better. But is he ready to take this next step to be kind of a pivotal number 2 on this team? Absolutely not. And then Isaiah Stewart at the 5. So this Pistons, this Pistons team really has no great pieces besides Jeremy Grant. And you really need at least three great superstars on your team to be competitive and potentially win the chip. So Pistons is going to be a long season. Well done with the Bulls getting the first win, 94-88 over the Pistons. All right, let's head over to Boston at the Knicks. And, man, a man, double overtime right here. But I don't know if this Celtics team is going to be good, folks. We Obviously, Jason Tatum's very good, and they and Jalen Brown's very good as well. But, I mean, we got Marcus Smart as their starting point guard. Ooh, Dennis Schroeder's coming off the bench. Ooh, I don't know about that. Uh, Grant Williams at the four. Robert Williams now kind of the true five here. I'm all about him. We saw him getting better as the season progressed last season. No Daniel. Tice, you know, he gets moved. Uh, I forget where he went, but we're going to talk about him, so we'll, we'll find out in a second. Uh, but Robert Williams playing the five here. 16 points, 10 rebounds. Really good physical big out here. I'm uh, looking forward to watching this man play for the rest of the season. I don't know how far this Celtics team is going to go. I don't know if Jason Tatum is ready to kind of be the A1 tier one player on a winning team. Uh, I know he's very, very good. I'm not kind of knocking Jason Tatum, but when we look at kind of who wins in this league you need kind of that dominant ball in his hand when you need a score you go to him like a LeBron like a Kevin Durant, like a Steph Curry. Can Jason Tatum be one of these big enough players to carry this team single-handedly? Because all the players that we just read off here for the Celtics team, it's Jason Tatum's team, obviously. Nobody's doubting that. And Jalen Brown is a very solid supporting cast, number two. I mean, he had 46 points last night, nine rebounds, six assists. He's playing the two here. That's where he should be playing. So we'll just see if Jason Tatum can carry this team by himself. Unfortunately, they lost in double overtime last night. And then for the Knicks, I mean, uh, we get Kemba Walker here as the starting point guard. I don't think I like that either. I think I'd put Derrick Rose as the starting point guard. Just Kemba Walker, he's not, he doesn't know winning. He won last night, but it wasn't really because of him. Kemba Walker, 10 points, 8 rebounds, only 3 assists. 3 assists on 35 minutes in double overtime? Okay. But uh, R.J. Barrett, the 19 points, fantastic. Julius Randle picking off exactly where he left off in the regular season last season. Remember, because the playoffs weren't the best for the man, but regular season, Julius Julius Randle is back, folks. 35 points, 9 assists, 8 rebounds. Sheesh, 3 of 8 from the 3. Not terrible, not great. And then 44% on 27 shots. We'll take it. Um, Evan Fournier, man oh man, he's a solid 2 here as well for this Knicks team. Going against his former team. 32 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 steals. Fantastic out here by Evan Fournier. And I said he, was, uh, uh, he wasn't on the Celtics last year. I take that back. I retract that. Uh, he was with the uh, Magic. 
I think it was with the Magic last season. Either way, he's a Nick now, and uh, he did very, very well. So I don't know about Kemba Walker in the starting lineup here. So we'll see if that changes as the season progresses. But the Knicks get the first win of the season, 138-134 in double overtime. and almost kind of blew a lead there in the fourth quarter, but they get it done in double OT. Next game up here is Washington at the Raptors. In Washington, the Wizards get the win 98-83 over the Raptors. Alrighty, this kind of new-look Wizards team. Kyle Kuzma on this team. 11 points, 15 rebounds. Sheesh. And he was a plus 22 on the floor. So, didn't shoot the best. 2 of 9 from the 3. 30% at 13 shots. He's playing the 4 here for Washington. So, we'll see you know how he goes. Obviously, he didn't work out for the Lakers. No real big role for him. Kind of got kind of rolled out to just be because they brought in AD and LeBron was playing the three and, you know, AD was kind of playing the four most of the time. So Kyle Kuzma, unfortunately, uh, off the Lakers here. And now he's kind of the second uh, second scorer here for this Washington team. Obviously, they still have Bradley Beal, 23 points, four steals, four assists, three rebounds. Bradley Beal doing what he's doing. Um, I do like this bench here by Washington as well. Um, Denny Avidaje, eight points, seven rebounds off the bench. They got Montrez Harrell. We're a big believer in him as well for a role player, bench player as well. 22 points, nine rebounds on 25 minutes off the bench and a plus four. We love that. Raul Neto, Davis Bertani. I mean, Davis Vertons is on the bench now, folks. He was kind of their number two, kind of, the, well, kind of their number three because he had Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal last season. That's the one and two. And then Davis Vertons filling in a huge, great number three role here. So he's even on the bench. So this is a decently deep Washington team. We'll see how far their kind of role players can kind of carry them. But I'm loving the bench. We'll keep an eye on them as the season progresses. And then the Raptors. All righty, they got Goran Dragic here. Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr. is coming off the bench. What, what is up? What, what is up with that? Um, he, he, Gary Trent Jr. loses a starting job over Scotty Barnes and OG Ananubi. Really? Okay. Um, so and so we'll see how this uh, Raptors team goes. You know, Nick Nurse still coaching this team. We like him, but uh, you know, Fred Van Vliet, 12 points on 25% shooting, one of nine from the three. I don't know if Fred Van Vliet is kind of a true number one point guard on a team. Honestly, we've kind of been seeing seeing his play like fade a little bit ever since that championship run because you know we classified him as kind of a tier two player that you know kind of uh you know surrounded by other tier two players got their kind of role increased a little bit and Nick Nurse is a good head coach that kind of elevated his play so we'll see how these kind of once again role player tier twos all across the board how Nick Nurse can coach them up but they lose game number one out here to the Washington Wizards all right next game up here is the Cavs at the Grizzlies here Good old Cavs with Jared Allen. Man, oh, man, he shot 100%, 11 from 11 from the field, 25 points, four rebounds. Love seeing Jared Allen out here. But, unfortunately, Darius Garland and Colin Sexton were just a little off last this game. 13 points for Darius Garland, 17 points for Colin Sexton. I mean, these are their main scorers, their main shooters, and they are very good guards, but we need them at, like, 20 points plus every single game. little lackluster here, and it does bite them in the butt. And then with the bench with this Cavs team, we're just not really buying it. Isaac Akuru. Kevin Love, Ricky Ruby off the bench. I don't know if that's going to be anything great. So uh, we love Jared Allen. Unfortunately, he's going to be on a, you know this not very this not great team, lackluster overall a little bit. 
And then with the Grizzlies, alrighty, no more Valanchunas at the five. They bring in Steven Adams, and man, oh man, he had a really great showing. Eight points, 14 rebounds for the man. Give the man credit. And now just their other players are a little bit more eligible to shoot. Jonas Valanchunas, a little bit, a little bit of, you know, ball dominant, a little bit as a big, where Steven Adams, he doesn't really need a score. He's always solid with the rebounds and the defense. So John Morant opens him up a little bit. 37 points, six assists, six rebounds. The Anthony Melton at the two, 20 points on 57%. Jaron Jackson Jr., 13.6 rebounds. Desmond Bain, 22 points. So every other player on this uh, starting roster can store, score for the Grizzlies. So they're really not going to be missing Valanchunas that much. So... Very well done for the Grizzlies. John Morant is still rising. All right, then we get the Rockets and the Timberwolves. And watch out for this Timberwolves team. I'm absolutely loving it, folks. We loved it at the end of last season when they were all healthy finally. D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns. This is a solid big three out here, folks. Respect this big three. D'Angelo Russell, 22.7 assists. Anthony Edwards, the real deal. Maybe a little bit of a better rookie last season than uh, LaMelo Ball. 20. 22.7 or uh, 29.6 rebounds. He shot 6 of 12 from the 3. And then Carl Anthony Towns, 30 points, 10 rebounds. I mean, you've got you've got to take this Timberwolves team legit competitors this season. And then off the bench, Malik Beasley. They got Naz Reed, uh, Jared Vanderbilt. So decent bench pieces, nothing you know spectacular. But this big three, if they can kind of you know be consistent and stay healthy, sheesh, this is going to be a good Timberwolves team. And then with the Rockets, we like Christian Wood. <laughs> you know, 16 points, nine rebounds. But other than that, they got Daniel Tice at the five. Uh, Daniel Tice is not it, folks, as a big. And then Jalen Porter, Kevin Porter Jr. or Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr. as their guards. We like Kevin Porter Jr., but I mean, they're putting up 11 points, 9 points respectively, shooting, you know, 33 and 28%. So, these guards here for the Rockets are definitely going to have to get it done. No real great bench. Christian Wood's the best thing about them. I don't know if they're going to be winning that many games this season. Alright, next game up. We got 40 seconds left on our NBA 10, folks. Jeez. Uh, in like five games ago. Here we go. 76ers at the Pelicans. No Zion Williamson. Uh, Brandon Ingram, 25 points, 6 assists, 7 rebounds there. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas here now with the Pelicans. No longer with the Grizzlies. He's playing the 5 here. 9 points, 12 rebounds. We'll see how this Pelicans team does. They obviously need Zion. The 76ers with no Ben Simmons. They get the win, folks. 117-97. Nice dominant win out here. Seth Curry, 10 points. Nothing really great, but you got Joel Embiid. 22 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. Tobias Harris, 20 points, 12 rebounds. Getting it done. Danny Green doing classic Danny Green things out here. 0 points on one shot. And that is our timer for the 15 minutes. So let's just quickly finish up here. We're going to quickly finish up here. What else do we got to talk about? Um, so, yeah, the 76ers. No Ben Simmons. No problem so far. Spurs. Magic, anything good here? What do we got here for the Magic? Nothing really good. Cole Anthony going into uh, this season, his second year out here, 10 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds. He's not going to be able to single-handedly carry this not great team. The Spurs now, well, they got the win, and they don't really, you know, they've got kind of role players, tier 2 players all over this roster. We got DeJounte Murray at the 1, probably their best player. Derek White at the 2, Calvin Johnson at the 3, Doug McDermott at the 4, and then Jacob Podol at the 5. We'll see how uh, long 
uh, Greg Popovich can kind of coach this team up to some wins, kind of in a Nick Nurse role with that uh, championship winning team of the Raptors a couple of seasons ago. We'll see how that continues to grow. All right, we got the Thunder at the Jazz. Anything good with the Thunder? I mean, Shea Gillis-Alexander, I mean, that's their best piece, obviously. And once again, he's just not going to be able to carry this team single-handedly. And then Lugensdorp back at the three. Wasn't he kind of playing the two last season as well with the three? So they, they still don't know what to do with Lugensdorp, and it's showing out here. He's put up seven points on 20% shooting, six assists, two or six rebounds, two assists, minus 21 on the floor, worst plus minus, along with Shea Gillis-Alexander. So... There's just nothing great about this Thunder team. And then with the Jazz out here. Basically, same lineup as they had last season. Connolly at the one, Donovan Mitchell at the two, Bogdanovich at the three, and he's still getting it done. 22 points on 17 shots. Fantastic two of six from the three. Love seeing Bogdanovich back out here. Royce O'Neal at the four, Rudy Gobert at the five. So classic Jazz team that we just had last season, and they still get the wins out here. 107-86. Last two games, quickly, quickly. Here we go. Uh, Nuggets at the Suns here, and the Nuggets get the win. Um, loving what this Nuggets team can potentially be. Monte Morris at the one, Will Barton at the two, Michael Porter Jr. still balling out here at the three, got that big contract extension in the offseason, so they're kind of feeling good about his back, hopefully we don't get him kind of floundering as the season progresses out here, but 15 points, six rebounds, two of three from the three, love that, Aaron Gordon still playing the four here, Jokic at the five, this is a very, very good starting lineup, and I swear, if they don't start playing ball ball more here, I want to see a lineup of like Michael Porter, Jokic, and uh, ball ball all on the floor at the same time running kind of a three-man offense like Michael Porter kind of playing the one and then uh, Bobol and Jokic playing kind of the four or five or three and five whatever but I want to see them all on the floor together because I think their length and their scoring ability could give some other opposing teams uh, trouble. Obviously, I don't want Bobo playing 40 minutes a game, but he should be playing at least like 10, 15, I would say. Get that man in the game, please. You're telling me he can't play a little better than Facundo Capazzo, PJ Dozier, Jeff Green, Austin Rivers, Jermichael Green? You're telling me Bobo can't be better than them? Of course he can. We've seen it already. Get Bobo in the game. Gosh dang. And then for the Suns, you know, when Devin Booker doesn't put up 25, 30 points, this team's not going to really win that many games. And that's exactly what happened. Devin Booker only 12 points. That's not enough for this team. Chris Paul's not their primary scorer. McCall Bridges can score. Their bench, Cameron Payne, Cameron Johnson, they can put up points. But we need Devin Booker. We need that kind of A1, Tier 1 score, command the ball, score. And Devin Booker just did not show up last night. 3 of 15 from the field, 2 of 7 from the 3. So still the Suns team is still what they were last season why they lost in the finals and then the last game up here Kings at Blazers and man oh man Dame time is just not here quite yet because here we go uh, Portland Trailblazers with eight seconds left down three Damian Lillard has the ball in his hand takes the last shot right here and it is no good so Dame time is a little late to the party but hey you know when it gets going it gets going so we'll wait for that to come but Kings win by three points out here De'Aaron Fox 27 points eight assists fantastic Raquan Holmes still playing the five Maurice Harkless at the four Harrison Barnes at the three same team that we saw last season for this Kings team but Buddy Heald playing 30 minutes off the bench interesting we'll see if he gets in the starting lineup here but uh, 30 minutes off the bench basically kind of starting minutes and then with the Blazers, Damian Lillard, 20 points, 11 assists. Unfortunately, 0 of 9 from the 3. Couldn't hit a 3 to save his life last night. Unfortunate. Nurchich still playing the 5 here, 20 points, 14 rebounds. Norman Powell still in the starting lineup here. We saw that trade. Gary Trent Jr. for Norman Powell. And Norman Powell, he's in the starting lineup. Gary Trent Jr. is not. Seems like Blazers may have won the trade. So... 
overall, a great night in the NBA, and we'll see what happens tonight on another big oh no not a big day only three games on so we'll see how all these play out and come back at you tomorrow with our next nba 10 breaking down the nba trying in 10 minutes trying in 15 minutes but obviously we go over so who knows how much time we spend on these games every day folks but that was the nba from last night all righty all right, let's uh, head over to our final film study that we have to wrap up for today. We're taking a look at Teddy Bridgewater. He's playing tonight, folks. Are we going to be buying the Broncos? Are we buying Teddy Bridgewater? He is playing as well. A little banged up, potential out here, but he is good to go where Baker Mayfield is unfortunately not. But uh, let's talk about this Broncos team. Teddy Bridgewater, we're a little worried about him. The dinking and dunking a little bit too much out here. This Denver team got out to a very, very slow start scoring-wise. They only put up 10 points throughout three quarters, folks, and then 14 points in the fourth quarter, but once again, that's kind of garbage time, and, uh, you know, it doesn't result in a win, and they still lose by 10, even putting up 14 points in the fourth quarter. So, Teddy Bridgewater, this offense is too good. It can be explosive, and we do know Teddy Bridgewater has the arm and can make all the throws on the football field, but he chooses to dink it down, and we kind of saw it. We've been breaking him down a little bit here through the first kind of five, six weeks of the season. And we just see him taking the check down, taking the dink and dunk, and not trying to extend the field vertically and take those deeper shots. So we're going to watch some plays right here. Some big plays on some big drives. I mean, when we just kind of, you know, go over, you know, what he did, I mean, there was his, like, biggest play was like a 20-yard pass. And that was kind of, you know, uh, with – you know, dinking it down, and then the receiver goes for 20 yards. He's only throwing it one. So we're going to investigate some throws here in the sideline view since we've got the all 22 just to see, is he making the right reads? Is he being way too cautious? Because that's the only knock that we have on Teddy Bridgewater. We do see him go ultra cautious and really for no reason. So we've got some plays queued up here, and let's see, is he making the right reads? Is he not? And uh, should we be selling and fading? this Broncos team and Teddy Bridgewater just in general. We really don't want to, but uh, you know, if you're dinking and dunking, y'all know we 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 uh, we um, break it down dinking and dunking very, very in-depth because that is you got to take it, you know, at the right time. You know, we're not saying never dink and dunk. You know, always take what the defense gives you. We get that. We understand that. But you also, at the same time, must stretch the field vertically. Get the defense playing off and uh, let your playmakers do what they do. Cortland Sutton Jerry Judy we know they don't have Jerry Judy yet and that could be you know why they're dinking and dunking Teddy Bridgewater doesn't want to trust his other receivers or maybe they're not as good as Jerry Judy because we know Jerry Judy is very good but there are still other you know good players on this Broncos team Noah Fant a great tight end Cortland Sutton obviously a great wide receiver Tim Patrick Kendall Hinton I mean they've got other great players so let's watch Teddy Bridgewater on some of these bigger throws through the game and let's see what he was looking like so here we go let's take this sack first we got this first drive and it resulted into a touchdown fantastic but we know the first couple of plays are scripted so scoring on the first drive is good but that's really all the Broncos did for this entire game when it was meaningful you know close game they put up seven points in the first quarter actually seven points in the first half and that was it 
So here we go. We got a sack here on second and nine on this touchdown drive. They still still scored a touchdown, but why did he take the sack? Was it avoidable? Should he have thrown the ball? Was there something open? So here we go. Play number one. Teddy Bridgewater under center. He's going to take a sack. Let's see why. Here we go. Drops back to pass. Play action. Pockets collapsing and really no time to throw. So that's fine. This is not on Teddy Bridgewater. Really, after he's coming off the uh, cell of the play action, nothing open, and the pressure is there immediately. Goes down for a sack. So that is not on Teddy Bridgewater. Thank goodness. All righty. Alrighty, and then let's check out this next play because it was a 14-yard pass that went for the first down, but it's a pass short to Cortland Sutton, and it goes for 14. So was this a setup screen? Did he dink it down? It's, once again, it still resulted into a first down, so give him credit, but let's see why. Drops back to pass. It's not a setup screen. He just, uh, it's not even pass short. That goes all the way. That's a great ball right there. That's what we're talking about with Teddy Bridgewater. This is what we want to see consistently. Third and 12, stands firm in the pocket it's starting to collapse gets the ball out of his hands and then that's the wide open receiver right at the first down marker Teddy Bridgewater puts it right on him that's what we want to see so as we kind of start to watch all these other passes this is what we want to see consistently fantastic here by Teddy Bridgewater Alrighty, next play up here we got uh what do we got 657, we got a touchdown. All right, let's watch this touchdown pass. It goes to Tim Patrick. It's first and 10 from the 23-yard line. Did he dink it down, and then uh, Tim Patrick ran the 20 yards for the touchdown, or did he sling this ball into the end zone? Let's see. Teddy Bridgewater under center here. Just a straight drop back, steps up in the pocket, <clears throat> and then dumps it down. But that's 10 yards down the field, and that's Tim Patrick going for the last 10 here. And this is fantastic. We see this Broncos offensive line kind of getting a little destroyed here. He has to step up in the pocket, avoid all this pressure. He does make the right read coming off uh, you know, an out route at the 10-yard line. So once again, very good throw here by Teddy Bridgewater. This is good. We have no cause for concerns right now. He is showing us exactly what we want to see. But this is just the touchdown drive. Let's see. Does he start to clam up on some of these other drives here that really did not result into any meaningful points in the competitive part of the game before it got blown open in the second half and they come back in the fourth quarter? We saw that last week again with the Steelers, <clears throat> with this uh, Broncos team going down and putting up like what was it 14 points in the fourth quarter as well let me double check this quickly right here last week the broncos <clears throat> broncos faced yeah the steelers and they put up 13 points in the fourth quarter, 14 points in the fourth quarter. So this is why we're investigating Teddy Bridgewater. Why are you not getting out to that great start that we just saw? You are aggressive right there. Does he start to clam up? Let's see the next drive. It's an interception drive. We're going to watch the interception, but we're also going to watch some of these other passes here. So let's cue it up here. We get a second and seven pass incomplete. All right, let's see what he's looking like here on this incomplete pass. Nothing open. Try to force it. Wrong read. Let's see. Here we go. Under center again. So very, you know, we've kind of seen Teddy Bridgewater in the shotgun the first couple of weeks here, but a lot of these plays are coming right from under center. So interesting here. But let's see. Here we go. Drops back. Pockets deep. Oh my God. There is pressure. That man just took a big shot and then lets it loose. And that's a good shot to hit. Try to hit Cortland Sutton right there on a little bit of a hitch route off the right sideline. So let's watch this one one more time. Not a lot of time to throw this ball. Once again, this Raiders defensive line, give them credit. Give this whole Raiders team credit. Like we said, first game without John Gruden I think we're going to be maybe betting the Raiders here when we uh, predict what their line's going to be and all that but drops back to pass 
Not a lot of time to throw. This is the best time to throw it. And there is something coming across over the middle right here. Got to throw it. And then that's exactly when he throws it. When he should. And just unfortunately takes a big old shot as he's throwing the ball. And it just sails just a tad. Oh, man. Let's bring this in the broadcast footage. So we're at ground level to get a true good sense of how on money this ball was thrown. Let's watch this big hit that Teddy Bridgewater takes right here. So steps up in the pocket and then just blasted. Sheesh, that's a big old hit. And then here we go. Just, oh man, just a little overthrown right there. But that's still aggressive. Exactly what we want to see here. So this is great. We don't want to worry about Teddy Bridgewater. We like Teddy Bridgewater. We think, like we said, we think he can make every single throw needed to be made to stretch the field on the football field. Every throw that you can make on the football field, we believe Teddy Bridgewater can make that. Alrighty, next play up here. We get a third and seven, but he throws it five yards, and it only it comes up two yards short, and they go for it on fourth and two. So once again, did he make the right read right here? Dink and dunk, seven yards. You only pick up five. Let's see why. Here we go. Teddy Bridgewater in the shotgun now. Plenty of time to throw, dinks it off quickly, and then the defender comes up and makes a tackle two yards short. Let's see, was there anything else open right here? He gets out of the, he gets the ball out of his hands quickly. That's kind of setting up for the route right there. Everything else pretty well covered. Really couldn't go anywhere else with the ball. So I guess that's a good dink, uh, dink down, especially given of how uh, how early the pressure of the defensive line is getting there just unfortunately comes up two yards short and then they decide to go for it on fourth and two but we get an interception here by Teddy Bridgewater let's see how this look how this looks so fourth and two at their own 47 yard line 37 yard line stands in the pocket pl plenty of time to throw this ball in just a little arid he's going to a wide open a uh, wide receiver right here sitting down wide open and this ball just sails on him a little bit. Let's go back to the broadcast view here. We'll get a better angle of was this overthrown? Was this tipped at the line or was this just off the receiver's hands? Because this was wide open. Teddy Bridgewater must put this ball right on the money. And that ball just seems to sail on Teddy Bridgewater. Don't think it was tipped at the line of scrimmage. Here we go. Let's watch it one more time. Yeah, I don't think that was tipped. Man, oh man, that is just a little bit of an overthrow by Teddy Bridgewater. Wide open. Sheesh. But it was the right read. Man, just a little too high there. So, yeah, that sucks for Teddy Bridgewater, but still making the right read. Just unfortunately, that ball sailed on him a little bit. So not too much blame on Teddy Bridgewater right there. All right, but let's go to the next drive right here. We get a lot of punts. Look at this... Uh, Second quarter drive chart right here. First drive in the second quarter, three and out. Second drive, nine plays, but only 22 yards. They have to punt. Third drive, six plays, 36 yards, have to punt. And then the end of half drive. So let's investigate if Teddy Bridgewater was making the right throws. Can we still buy Teddy Bridgewater this week? Here we go. Let's queue up this play. We get a one-yard pass. All righty, Teddy Bridgewater with the one-yard pass to start the drive. Great field, starting field position at the their own 33-yard line right here. Play-action pass, and that's just a dink down right there, and that's kind of what the play was designed for. Play-action, move Teddy Bridgewater out to the left. Everything is flowing left right here. Maybe could have hit this wide receiver if you kind of held on to the ball a little bit more. But by the time, uh, you know, uh, by the time the receiver shows open, the ball is already out of Teddy Bridgewater's hand. So not going to put that on Teddy Bridgewater either. This is fantastic. 
Now we get this one, a pass incomplete on third and five here. The drive stalls, and they have to pump because of this. So let's watch. Is this on Teddy Bridgewater? Here we go. In the shotgun, dropping back the pass. Plenty of time to throw, and he goes deep. Oh, man, just a little too far once again for Cortland Sutton. Ugh, ugh, and he goes deep here. This is what we love to see. Just got to rein in that accuracy a little bit more out here. Let's watch him here take the shot, and this is a shot right here. This is open. This is 100% open. Teddy Bridgewater sees it immediately. Just unfortunately, a little bit of an overthrow. Literally inches we're talking about. Corlin Sutton was still able to get his top of his fingertips on this ball right here. 30 yards, 40 yards down the field. Ugh, Teddy, gotta rein that accuracy in. And at this time in the game, they're only down 10-7. They complete this ball. They're at least getting three, potentially seven. Tie game up four, potentially. So Teddy Bridgewater, oh, big mistake right there. Big mistake. But lucky for the Broncos, they hold the Raiders to go four and out. So once again, still only 10-3. You've got the ball. Let's watch Teddy Bridgewater. Was he still making the good throws on this pass like we just saw right there? So here we go. We're going to start it here. Uh, they're moving the ball very, very solid. It's third and four, and Teddy Bridgewater decides to move or run this ball to pick up the first down. Let's see. Was this the right decision? It picked up the first down, so we'll give him credit. But was there anything open? So here we go. Pressure is kind of getting there immediately. Knocked around a little bit, stays on his feet, and then decides to take off, goes up the middle. Sheesh. And once again, this is good. This is a good decision by Teddy Bridgewater. Really nothing open real early on. You can throw it there to the outright on the boundary. Would have probably picked up the first down but uh, you know we've got no problem with him running the ball right here he was trying to go there the pressure from the defensive line is really kind of getting to Teddy Bridgewater decently easy here so a little bit of a more concern that we should be having is this Broncos offensive line not protecting Teddy Bridgewater to give him ample time to really see the field and deliver the balls down the field but when they do give him that chance he does take it so that's exactly what we want to see so Teddy Bridgewater picks up the first down with his legs but then we get uh, three passing plays by Teddy Bridgewater right here unfortunately doesn't pick up the first down uh, and uh, they have to punt the ball because of it. But let's see. First and 10. Teddy Bridgewater under center. Play action pass. Good time to throw. Throws it a little bit too late. And then it has to run out of the pocket. Uh, almost threw this ball. All right, hang on. We got to take this in the sideline. We got to see where everybody is here. All right, here we go. So was there anything open here? He was going to throw it, but it was to a defender. So I'm glad he pulled it down right here. He was about to dump it down right here. And there is nothing open. We got two receivers coming on some 15-yard comeback routes, and there is nothing open. So once again, Teddy Bridgewater is seeing the field good here. This is exactly what we've wanted to see um, off of this loss. So we're not concerned on Teddy Bridgewater, the quarterback. This is good. All right, here we go. We get a second and 11. He takes a six-yard sack. Unfortunate. Let's see. Should he have gotten rid of the ball quicker? Should he have thrown this ball? Decent time to throw right here. Ends up getting taken down for a sack. Let's see. Was there anything open on this play? he should have gotten the ball to here we go everything is very well covered down the field nobody is getting 
any separation. And then the pressure gets there three, four seconds. Uh, so classic right there. So yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, this is great. This is great. I'm so glad. I didn't want to be concerned with Teddy Bridgewater. We like what we see from Teddy Bridgewater. We think he deserves a little bit more recognition. So this is fantastic seeing this. All right, here we go. And then just on the third and 16, they set up a screen. That's what you do on third and long. Fantastic. So that's not on Teddy Bridgewater. Alrighty, next drive. Now they are still down just 10 to 3. Teddy Bridgewater, you've got another chance to potentially tie the game, take the lead, and not let another score kind of blow open the game like it kind of did here because they go three and out. Raiders score a touchdown. They go up 17 to 7 heading into halftime. It's tough to come back from. All right, so what do we got here on this drive? We, are we watching anything on this drive? I don't think we're watching anything on this drive, unfortunately. Let's watch this third and 16. We could watch, but, you know, it's third and 16. Probably a setup screen. Let's see what they decide to do here. Here we go. Look at every. Uh, look at all the – I mean, so smart, too, right here by the Raiders defenders. Uh, drop eight right at the first down marker, so there is no chance at a completion. And Teddy Bridgewater just has to dump it down, and that's rallying to tackle. So Teddy Bridgewater's making the right play here folks making the right plays unfortunately penalties are putting them in long distances like we said the sack made them at third and 16 that wasn't really Teddy Bridgewater's fault there was nowhere to go with the ball and then the uh the drive that we're looking at right now a 10-yard penalty for a offensive pass interference call sets them behind the sticks as well so just not getting in that great field position and all that getting behind the sticks all right, we're going to watch a couple more things right here. He did fumble and threw uh, two interceptions in the fourth quarter that really don't matter. We'll take a quick look at. But uh, let's go into this first drive after halftime. We get a second and nine and third and nine. Both pass incompletes right here. I mean, you're down 10 coming at a halftime. First drive, you must put up some points right here. And they scored on their first possession, so they're able to kind of do that. Start off, you know, first drive. Obviously, you're a little cold because you this is your first plays. So they're able to do that in the first half. Not able to do this here in the second half. Let's see why. So here we go. We get a second and nine from their own 18-yard line. It's going to be pass incomplete. Let's see. Teddy Bridgewater, empty backfield, four wide. And once again, the pressure is just getting there so gosh dang quick, folks. Man, there is no time for Teddy Bridgewater to really throw this ball. Let's watch this one one more time at the point of the sack and see if there was anything open. Here we go. Has to start to get rid of this ball right now, and there is nothing open. You got the comeback route here on the left sideline. Let's see. This was open, but there was just no time to really throw this ball. He's 15 yards down the field, so... Alrighty, the line's got to do a little bit of a better job here. And then we got the third and nine pass incomplete right here. Let's see what Teddy Bridgewater is looking like. Here we go. Here we go. Running back in the backfield. Decent. Plenty of time to throw here. Gets rid of the ball. Going deep and just throws this one up and almost almost picked off right here. Let's see. Was this the right read to go to? You hit this man right here on the comeback. He's able to probably take it the next two yards. I think he just got to dump it off here. So Teddy Bridgewater gears up for the deep ball. Severely underthrows this. You see the receiver having to stop and kind of come back towards this ball. And it's almost picked. So 
Teddy Bridgewater just not making the right read right here. You got to dump it off. You dump it off right here to number 17, I believe this numbers is. And, uh, you know, he's two yards away from the first down. Here's the first down at the 28-yard line. He catches it at the 25. He's got plenty of time to kind of turn up field and fight for those yards right there. Teddy Bridgewater also right here. A little bit of an out route. Five yards past the first down marker. And he still hasn't thrown the ball. Now he decides to take the deep shot. That's not really open. So I think this is kind of Teddy Bridgewater's worst play of the day right here. He still took the shot. We give him credit, but not really the... Not really when you take these shots, you know, down 10, first drive, out of halftime, on third and nine. Got to start moving the ball a little bit. So I think we're good of just letting it end here on Teddy Bridgewater because the next drive is a touchdown and they go up. Uh, they get down 24 to 7. Kind of game is over at this point. Uh, let's watch the Teddy Bridgewater fumble quickly. Let's see what this is looking like here. He's going to scramble. Lose the ball. They're driving. They just put up a field goal. So it's 24-10. Still, you know, still manageable. Teddy Bridgewater on the move and steps up in the pocket. And, yeah, that's him. You just got to hold on to that ball, my man. Cannot let that ball loose. Went to scramble. Unfortunately, fumbles the ball. So we're still good on Teddy Bridgewater. He's taking the shots when he has the time to. But this offensive line for the Denver Broncos have to, you know, start protecting Teddy Bridgewater for some ample amounts of time out there. So we are cause for concerns on Teddy Bridgewater. They are not there, folks. We are good on Teddy Bridgewater moving forward. He's not just dinking and dunking. The receivers are not getting any separation. Or the offensive line is just not giving him the time to throw the ball. So they shouldn't make the switch to Drew Locke after losing the last three games out here, but we do need to see this Broncos team start to be competitive and start to put up points consistently throughout the game. Like we just said, you know, two weeks ago against the Steelers, didn't get it done to the fourth quarter. This game as well, didn't get it done to the fourth quarter, and yeah, you may still put up points in the fourth quarter, but it doesn't matter because you're down. That's kind of garbage time. It's obviously not garbage time if you come back to win, and if you do come back to win in the fourth quarter, we will give you credit for that, but we're not going to give you credit for almost coming back uh, in only playing in the fourth quarter. We're not going to do that. I mean, we kind of started to do that for the Lions, and, you know, they're still not winning games. So, yeah, it may look good, and it may build a little bit of kind of camaraderie in the locker room, but if you're not winning games the next week or two weeks later, it's all for naught. So... We're not going to celebrate this Broncos team for putting up 14 points in the fourth quarter of these last two games, but it's not Teddy Bridgewater just not getting it done. This offensive line's got to hold up a little bit more. Also, credit this Raiders defense and the Raiders defensive line. This is a real good, solid team out here without John Gruden, finally, so... No cause for concern on the Broncos. Let's kind of celebrate the Raiders a little bit more as we're moving forward of talking about this Raiders team. This is a real good team right here, folks. Raiders are the real deal. Alrighty, and then uh, before we move on to predicting and reacting to the week seven lines here, let's quickly get a nice gauge on what we're getting from Case Keenum. He is going to be starting tonight, folks. Thursday night football, Broncos at Browns, no Baker Mayfield, not a lot of weapons for this Browns team because we get no Baker Mayfield, no Nick, uh, 
Nick Chubb, no Kareem Hunt, and no Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. And then we've got a lot of questions here. Uh, OBJ, questionable. Jarvis Landry, questionable. Uh, Jadavion Clowney, questionable. Their offensive linemen, Cock, uh, Conklin, Willis, and Treader are all questionable as well. So this, could, this is the game for the Broncos to get back on track offensively, defensively. They have to do it on the road here for Thursday Night Football. We'll see if they can do it. All right, so let's see what Case Keenum can do. The man just played last week against the Cardinals, got in on the final drive, threw the ball four times. So let's see what he's looking like here. We'll take it uh, from the broadcast, and we'll take it from the sideline as well. But uh, we get three straight passes by Case Keenum. I know it's a small sample size, and we're not going to take this as, you know, the gospel and all that, but we want to see, can this man make these passes? He went one of three, so we'll just want to see what he's looking at, see what he's looking like here um, obviously he wasn't expecting to play expecting to play now short week of practice we'll see if he made the most of it but what are we getting from Case Keenum this season uh, so here we go his uh, oh, they just put up his career stats quickly yeah let's watch let's take a look at this here we go uh, his career stats 62% completion percentage we don't like that 14,000 yards 75 touchdowns 47 interceptions we'll take that touchdown to interception ratio for kind of a career backup we'll take that we'll take that the completion percentage we don't like that at all though especially throwing one of three this game okay all right, here we go. Case Keenum, what do we got? First play up here. The game's over at this point, folks. 37-14, four and a half minutes left in the game. The game's over. We just want to get a sense of what uh, Case Keenum's looking like. So when we uh, predict the line and react to it, we'll see if it's good value or not. But here we go. Case Keenum in the shotgun, dropping back the pass. And it's just a one-step drop, uh, doing it to, uh, I believe that's David Njoku right there for... That was pretty good. <laughs> Seven yards? How many yards did he get there? Just an instant one-step drop. Knew where he wanted to go with the ball. So that's good. Six-yard pass. All righty. But now we're going to get a pass incomplete right here. And then they go for it on fourth down in case Keenum can't get it. So here we go. Third and two. Dropping back to pass. And then just throwing this one inaccurate and just look at him. He's not comfortable in this pocket. Look at him tiptoeing here. Look at him getting happy feet. Pressure's around him. Pocket's collapsing. This is why the ball's not accurate on a kind of three-yard dink down route right there because he's dancing around. His feet are moving. We just watched Tua yesterday standing so freaking tall and confident in the pocket. This is the difference we're talking about here, folks. It's clear night and day. We know it's Case Keenum, so obviously Tua's better than Case Keenum. I hope y'all can agree with that. Sheesh. Uh, but that's what we're getting out of Case Keenum. Some happy feet. And we know this Broncos defense is pretty solid. You know, they've got some nice pass rushers. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's go back to uh, this Broncos game. What do they do defensively? They got pressure on Derek Carr. We had Kareem Jackson with the sack. Bryce Callahan with the sack. That was it. Only two people getting sacks out here for Denver. Come on, come on. Where, where's Bra um, Ronald Darby, cornerback, not getting no sacks? Uh, what do we got? Von Miller's got no sacks. All right, all right. All right, and then the last play here by Case Keenum. Was this good? They go for it on fourth down, fourth and two. Case Keenum, come on. Got to show us something good. Give us some momentum, some believability heading into tonight's game. What has Case Keenum got? Here we go. Drops back to pass. One step drop shows throws it short and man oh man look at this ball coming out there's no velocity here Case Keenum trying to throw this one before the receiver breaks his route bad timing got to show up that timing a little bit more right there and just once again no velocity on this ball I like that he got it, the ball out of his hands quickly 
but no velocity on this ball. It's sinking as it's <laughs> dropping, as it's going yard after yard, slowly sinking and dropping. So Case Keenum on fourth and two. Couldn't get it. Not looking real confident there in Case Keenum. So now that we have that in mind, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, he's got a full week of practice, all that. So I'm sure he's going to look a little bit better than we just saw uh, right here. But I don't know if it's anything great. Once that pressure starts to kind of uh, get going and not having all those receivers potentially as well and not having that running game to kind of support him, it's going to be a long night for Case Keenum if this Broncos defense gets going. Alrighty, now that we've got all that information out of the way, let's head over to all the matchups here for Week 7 and see uh, and start predicting what the lines are going to be. We do this every week, folks, predicting the line. This gives us a good gauge. Is our thinking on par with Vegas? Are we off from Vegas? Who is going to be right if we are off from Vegas? And this helps us decide what the good value is. We just saw last week two times folks we took advantage we saw the Cardinals plus three we knew that was disrespectful value because I think we predicted it at Cardinals minus three so we knew that was disrespectful value and what did we do with that disrespectful value that we found out to doing this process we cashed in that was one of our picks folks Cardinals plus three and uh, they win outright win outright in dominant fashion not even a game no reason why they should have been plus three what do we predict this game at? Yeah, we predicted it at Cardinals minus three and a half. That's why we do it. And then the second value that we found that was disrespectful by predicting these lines was the Titans Bills. Titans got plus five and a half, and it was at plus six at closing time. You know how crazy that was? It was so crazy that we thought um, at the time of prediction that it should have been Titans minus two. Titans minus two at home. Not plus five and a half. We knew it was disrespectful value. And what did we do with that disrespectful value that we found out? We cashed in again. Titans plus six. We got so great value on that game. And they went outright again. So we do everything for a reason here at Takes by Fans, folks. So let's find where this disrespectful value is. Because when Vegas starts to be disrespectful, they kind of get out of whack here. And we get multiple weeks of straight disrespect. We'll see if Vegas has cleaned it up this week. I don't think they did, folks. Vegas is not always the smartest. So let's see if we can outsmart Vegas this week again. Again. Here we go. Thursday Night Football. Broncos at Browns. Alrighty. Teddy Bridgewater versus Case Keenum. Can he do it? We gosh dang hope so. This Broncos team on a three-game losing skid right here. Not moving the ball offensively for full four quarters, but it, we don't believe it's Teddy Bridgewater's fault alone. The uh, offensive line is not helping him, and not having Jerry Judy, his full complement of wide receivers, they're just not able to get open as often as they were during the first couple of games when they were winning. So we don't have any qualms with Teddy Bridgewater. And now we just listed all those outs here for this Browns team. No Baker Mayfield, no uh, Nick Chubb, no Kareem Hunt. Just those two running backs. There's going to be no running game here for the Browns. Who's their third string running back? Who are we going to be relying on here for this Browns team? What do we got? Third string running back, we got Dearness Johnson. I think he's a rookie. Is this man a rookie? Dearness Johnson, what do we got? Third season. All righty, nothing good. What does he got? Anything good here? 
He had 100 yards last year. Alrighty, that's nothing good here by Dearness Johnson. Welcome to the league. Hey, you want a starting job? You gotta go ahead and prove it right now. This is your chance. So, no Baker Mayfield, no running game, potentially no passing game as well with OBJ and Jarvis Landry both being question marks out here. So this is going to be a real potential tough game for the Browns that are going to have to try and rely on their defense. Kevin Stefanski is going to have to call kind of a flawless game. And we know that he was kind of tailoring the offense last season to Baker Mayfield. We think he's kind of getting away from that a little bit this season, unfortunately, with their three losses so far. So we believe Kevin Stefanski has the ability to scheme this game for Case Keenum. But is Case Keenum going to do it? And then is Kevin Stefanski going to follow that game plan? Or is he going to get it a little antsy because we've seen him get a little antsy a little confident here over the last two weeks uh, that's why we're kind of saying Kevin Stefanski is getting away from what makes this Browns team fantastic of winning 11 games last season was doing it as a 100% team collaborative effort special teams offensively defensively running passing calling the plays all of that not letting Baker Mayfield not giving Baker Mayfield the chances to potentially ruin the game by trying to do too much out there so we'll see if he can simplify it here for this Browns team. But Teddy Bridgewater out here, they're on a three-game skid. Obviously, we have to take the Broncos here because I'm not going to trust a backup quarterback. If they win, that's good for them. It's just unfortunate you got to kind of play the odds a little bit here. I'm not going to bet on a backup quarterback when we got Teddy Bridgewater still slinging the ball around like we need him and want him and expect him to do. So we've got no problems there. We're going to predict this one. Bron uh, Broncos... Minus six and a half here on the road. Uh, you know, if Baker Mayfield was playing, we'd probably predict it at the Browns minus... Probably Browns minus three, maybe even Browns minus three and a half, but no Baker Mayfield. I'm just not believing in Case Keenum. That's all there is to it, folks. Broncos minus six and a half, and we'll see what Vegas has to say about Baker being out when we get to the line. Alrighty, now let's get into the Sunday games. And look at all these. Uh, we've got the six teams on a bye this week. How unfortunate. Steelers, Bills, Chargers, Jags, Vikings, and Cowboys all on buys. And why the heck aren't the Dolphins on a bye from just com coming back from London? We saw the two uh, teams from London two weeks ago have a bye last week. And the Jaguars, who were just in London with the Dolphins, have a bye this week. But the Dolphins don't get a bye coming back from London? We get a home game. I appreciate that. But what the hell is that about the NFL? Damn. Damn, give the Dolphins their respected bye. You you go to London, you get the bye the next week. Every other team got it. <laughs> the hell's going on here? So we'll see if the Dolphins are prepared to play this week. Hopefully. Hopefully. All right, but here we go. Sunday's game slate. Here we go. Panthers at Giants. All righty. Sam Darnold coming off of a little bit of a bad performance overall, but this is where he gets back on track, folks. This Giants team, there's no viability in them. Their offense is not moving the ball. They're not going to have Saquon Barkley again, unfortunately. Daniel Jones, okay, can he get it done? Maybe, but overall, it's just this Giants team can do nothing, and we know this Panthers defense is very, very good, so this could be a very, very bad game for the Giants right here. Panthers, they probably win this game, and then we just have to hear the media gush over Sam Darnold and say, see, this is what he is. He's so freaking good. He's the best quarterback in the league. So expect that come on Monday, folks, or this is a 1 o'clock game, so expect it by 4.30 on Sunday, the tweets and everybody saying, Sam Darnold's so good. Sam Darnold's so good. Okay, he's so good. He just lost three games because no Christian McCaffrey. 
Let's quickly take a look. Is Christian McCaffrey on track to play this week? I would assume so. I thought he was going to play last week. He returned to practice, but game time, they're like, yeah, he's a no-go. So let's quickly see what this, uh, what do we got here? Uh, Stephon Gilmore is just not quite ready to play quite yet. And what do we got? Christian McCaffrey, he's still on IR. Is that right? Is that right? Okay. Okay. So he's probably not going to be good to go, but I don't think he's going to need a Chris McCaffrey out here for this game. So we're going to call this one Panthers minus six and a half here on the road. This Panthers defense should eat up the Giants. Like we said, the Giants offense has been so lackluster. Uh, we'll see if Kadarius Tony's good to go as well. He got uh, banged up. He played last week, got banged up real early. So it's just everything that can go wrong for this Giants team is going wrong. And when they had their full complement of offensive pieces, running backs and wide receivers, they weren't making it right. And now we're supposed to believe they're going to get it right when they're missing pieces. We're not buying it. Panthers defense comes out big. Sam Darnold, dinks and dunks his way to a win here. All right, then we get the Jets and the Patriots, and we're holding Zach Wilson to a high standard. Remember, he just came off the bye, and what did we hear from him after that London game? He said, I just have to slow down the game. I just have to let it loose. I just have to play, you know, free, loosey-goosey football out here. So Zach Wilson thinks he knows what the problem is, and he had a bye week, an entire week off to fix it, get it right. So we're going to be holding Zach Wilson to a big standard here, even though he's facing the Patriots defense, Bill Belichick, led defense on the road here we still have to see Zach Wilson have his kind of his best performance and we may set a bar for Zach Wilson here when we do our show on Saturday for what we need to see out of Zach Wilson, but we we're expecting big things from Zach Wilson this week. So Jets on the road here, division matchup, all of that, big rivalry, all of that here. Patriots defense, you know, got it done against the Cowboys last week. They still lost, but they were forcing turnovers. They were kind of getting some goal line stops, helped by the refs as well, but overall the defense was kind of doing what it did. And what I loved from the Patriots last week offensively was that they were just using Mac Jones in a game-managing situation, not letting him throw the ball through. 30 plus times. We love seeing that. So this is going to be a real close game. We're just going to put it right on the line. Patriots minus three. Home team gets, uh, you know, three points right there and this is basically what these two teams are just taking the teams there's nothing really good rookie quarterbacks lackluster talent all around them but the Patriots are at home we'll call this one Patriots minus three Alrighty, Chiefs at Titans. Ooh, going to be a good one. Uh, Bills lost to the Chiefs, and the Titans beat the Bills. That means the Titans are going to be the Chiefs by the transitive property. That's exactly what that means. But unfortunately, the transitive property does not uh, uh, occur in the sports world, unfortunately. So this is going to be a great game out here. Chiefs, they still turned the ball over three times last week. We know their offense can make up for it, but it's just will the offense make up for it. That's why we are not buying this Chiefs team. Titans coming off of a big win against the Bills on Monday Night Football. Derrick Henry still getting it done. And we know this Chiefs defense is a little lackluster overall. And the Titans have the pieces to move the ball. So this is going to be dependent. Do the Chiefs turn over the ball? We see them doing it every week. We still expect them, expect them to do it. We had a bar on the Chiefs. Zero turnovers for last week against Washington. They had three of them. So that's why we're not buying the Chiefs this week. 
Um, I, offensively, yes, they have Patrick Mahomes. That's the best thing about the team. That's why they can always come back even if they have one, two, three, four turnovers in a game. But that's going to come back to bite them as the season progresses. That is why we're not buying the Chiefs. But uh, what do we even call this one? I mean, Vegas just straight up disrespected the Titans last week, calling them plus five and a half at home. They're at home again this week. I don't know if Vegas is going to call this one, but we're just going to call this one Titans minus three. I don't know if there's that much difference separating this team. Obviously, the glaring difference is Patrick Mahomes is better than Ryan Tannehill. Nobody's going to argue with that. But the running game, the offense here by the Titans, Ryan Tannehill just playing. I mean, every quarterback just needs to look at Ryan Tannehill and be like, you know what? That's what I should be striving for. Obviously, there's some quarterbacks that should be striving to be the greatest of all time. Justin Herbert is probably the only quarterback, you know, of the last couple of years draft classes that really, and maybe, maybe uh, Kyler Murray as well. Patrick Mahomes is already striving for that. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he's not he's not really in that aspect because he's a dual threat quarterback. Uh, but, uh, you know, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, these quarterbacks are going to be kind of competing in the category for greatest of all time. Uh, but most quarterbacks, obviously there's only two in the last couple of years, uh, you know, you should be expecting to be an above average game manager like Ryan Tannehill, honestly. You know, whatever receivers he has, he's going to get them open. He's going to throw to them. He can throw on the run. He's comfortable in the pocket. He gets it done. He moves the ball when he needs to. He scores when he needs to. It's just absolute great football here by Ryan Tannehill. Give that man some more credit. Uh, but we're just going to call this one Titans minus three, maybe Titans minus two and a half. Let's lower it a little bit. My, Titans minus two and a half. Um, but, uh, you know, if this Chiefs defense isn't good, like it hasn't really been good all season long, and if they turn over the ball, this Titans team is going to have no problem winning this game. So we'll call this one Titans minus two and a half. Is that what we're going to stick with? Titans minus two and a half. Alrighty, then we get Washington at Packers out here. And, you know, we know this Washington defense isn't anything great, and the Packers just faced a real good defense in Chicago and still pulled off a win. Held Aaron Rodgers under 200 yards, which was fantastic, but now they're back in Lambeau. Washington, offense can't do anything. I mean, they had the game. They had the game. The defense was forcing the turnovers early in the game. Not 100% Washington forcing those forcing those turnovers themselves. We saw, you know, the, uh, the Chiefs shoot themselves in the foot time and time again like they do here once again while we're selling them but this Packers team at home ready to let this ball fling loose all over this Washington team and even even if it is close I mean Taylor Heineke has proven that he can't get it done and that's not a knock on Taylor Heineke he's still young we're not really expecting him to do that just quite yet we would like him to do to do that and you know but he's not there yet in his career and he may not even get there because it's Taylor Heineke unfortunately so, uh, you know, uh, pumped up Aaron Rodgers. Now, did he let that kind of, hey, I still own y'all quote, get to his head a little bit? Potentially. That's kind of, you know, Aaron Rodgers' personality MO a little bit. But, I mean, this is going to be Packers minus eight and a half. I, I mean, I'm, can we, what, what can we like, what do we like about this Washington team this season? This is not the team that we saw last year. That defense was fantastic. The defense is nowhere close to this. Nowhere close to this. So, um, they've got to get it going. And until they do, we're not going to be buying them. So, Packers minus eight and a half. Packers all day, most likely. Then we get the Falcons at the Dolphins. Tua coming off of an extraordinary performance. Best quarterback in the league, folks. Um, honestly, 100%. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Dolphins at home here needing a win. They're 1-5 coming off that heartbreaking, garbage-coached game last week in London here. Dolphins, Falcons, Falcons on the road. Nothing great by this Falcons team. So I'm calling this one Dolphins minus 4.5, folks. This is the real deal. Hopefully their corners are back, Byron Jones and 
uh, Xavier Howard. Let's quickly take a look at this to quickly see if they are good to go. We need those defensive pieces in for this Dolphins team. What do we got? Brian Jones is questionable. Hopefully he's good to go. Devontae Parker is also questionable. Um, and then Xavier Howard is questionable as well. So hopefully they are good to go. Uh, but it, it doesn't matter. I mean, the Dolphins, you know, still got it done offensively last week. The defense forced, you know, a turnover, um, you know, turnover on down. So well done there. This Dolphins team, folks, I don't know. I don't understand the slander on two. It makes no sense to us. The Dolphins coaches are absolutely bad. I will give you all that. But this Falcons team is nothing else good. They are coming off of a bye, which is good for them. The Dolphins should be on a bye. You know, Falcons went to London. They got the bye. Whatever. Uh, but we'll call this one Dolphins minus four. We believe in Tua, folks. This offense with Tua is very good because of Tua. And that is only it because of Tua. All right, Bengals at Ravens. Already, this Bengals team, this is going to be another good test for them. Unfortunately, they have to face the Ravens, but, you know, Zach Taylor saying, hey, we should, you know, we're the real deal here. We're seeing them be the real deal. The only kind of other thing that we have to see by this Bengals team for us to really kind of buy them 100% here is start scoring a little bit more consistently, a little bit more earlier on in the game. So we'll see what this Bengals offense can do. Uh, you know, Joe Mixon's getting it done. Jamar Chase is getting it done. Joe Burrow is picking Picking up exactly where he left off last season, even more fantastic. But they're facing the Ravens, and this Ravens defense is fantastic. They just made the Chargers look real bad after the Chargers were looking real good this season. Do they expose the Bengals a little bit? That is big time potential because what have we seen from the Bengals the last two weeks that give us a little bit of pause on taking them this week? They're hitting big plays to kind of Jamar Chase that kind of break big a little bit, that kind of get them started. And if they don't have that play, do they ever get jumped? started in this Ravens team they're not going to make it easy especially at home so I love the Bengals here we're not going to overreact if they get blown out here we'll try not to at least uh, we obviously hope this Bengals team keeps it close I just don't know if they're ready to do so yet this is going to be the determining factor if the Bengals are legit and the real deal or if they need a couple more weeks to shore everything up before they like all right now we are officially here so we're going to keep this one Keep this one more towards the Ravens here. We're going to call this one Ravens minus five. The Bengals have the chance, but the way that the Ravens played last week against the Chargers, this is going to be, you know, Bengals. What are they made of? Are they the real deal? The true test. We'll see it this week. And, uh, you know, if they if they pass the test this week, they keep it close. They lose by, even if they lose by seven, I would still say that's a win for this Bengals team. So if they keep it single-digit loss here for the Bengals, we will crown them the real deal and start buying them even more heading forward. But until they beat the Ravens or are competitive, until we see what they do against the Ravens, we just can't do that quite yet. All right, then we get the Lions at the Rams. And, ooh, uh, Matthew Stafford kind of little revenge game. Hey, y'all held me back. Y'all see what I could do. Y'all were holding me back my entire career. So expect the Rams to absolutely obliterate this Lions team. Expect Sean McVay to really kind of incentivize his players to play well this game because we know Sean McVay absolutely loves Matthew Stafford. And we know Matthew Stafford is going to kind of, you know, uh, this is a big game for Matthew Stafford. He knows it's a big game. I'm sure the Lions know it's a big game as well. It's a big game overall. And Sean McVay We'll make sure the players offensively, defensively, special teams, uh, coaching staff, make sure everybody's executing to 100% here. Now, we just watched Matthew Stafford in our film study, and we are, we are still a little, uh, you know, little uh, concerned with Matthew Stafford not 
getting the ball 100% open to receivers who are 100% open, not 100% accurately. Uh, we just watched all of his incompletions last week, and they were kind of all wide open, and he missed them. He just straight up missed seeing them wide open or missed placing the ball on the money. So we still get these glimpses of Matthew Stafford not playing perfect football. And if you want to win the Super Bowl, you've got to play perfect. You know, we kind of chalk it up as, hey, Matthew Stafford has never had to compete at 100% level because, you know, he was with the Lions his entire career. He had no chance of getting to the playoffs basically every single season, and he rarely had a chance to win a game, honestly. So... With this Lions team, they're trash. Jared Goff just got called out by Dan Campbell. The time for tears are over in Dan Campbell's mind. Now he's starting to kind of accuse everybody. We'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, these kind of big uh, big mood changes by Dan Campbell. Oh, I'm so sad. Oh, I love these guys. They're doing so hard. Oh, my God. Jared Goff's got to step up. Jeez, Louise. I mean, jeez. So... Uh, this Lions team is trash. The Rams should have no problem winning here. Maybe a potential backdoor cover. Maybe Matthew Stafford overplays this game and kind of flounders big time. That's true. That could definitely happen, folks. I mean, I wouldn't put it. I'm not going to put it as a huge percent. Maybe like a five percent chance. Matthew Stafford just lets the pressure get to him, and we see what happens. You know, he's not 100 percent accurate for the entire game. So you add that kind of pressure on top of that, he could just kind of go off the rails here and just not look good overall. But I don't see that happening. It's a possibility. We don't see it happening. But we'll call this one Rams minus 11. I mean, what do we? I mean, it's Rams at home. Jeez Louise. With this Lions team? Yeah, good luck. Rams minus 11. Big blowout. All right, then we get the Eagles at Raiders. And man, oh man, this is going to be. I like this Eagles team. It's just unfortunate. This Eagles team has had a real tough schedule these first six weeks. And it gets even tougher here, week number seven. But uh, don't sell Jalen Hurts, folks. I see a lot of people already selling Jalen Hurts. This man is good. This man can play. It's just a young team overall, young offense. You know, rookie wide, number one wide receiver. You know, basically rookie year for Jalen Hurts because he played like four games last season. Rookie head coach. This is still a young team. So they're experiencing the young. Uh, kind of uh, early hurdles and obstacles that they have to overcome. And now, you know, this Raiders team at home with no John Gruden, this offense is going crazy now, and we absolutely love it. And we just saw their defense giving Teddy Bridgewater no time to throw the ball. This Eagles offensive line is going to have to do a lot better job than what the Broncos did last week against this Raiders defensive front. Derek Carr and company still getting it done, like we said, you know, put up 34 points last week, all that. So I'm going to expect that this Raiders team can still get it done without John Gruden and um, Rich Basaccia can still get it done here and that he is the real deal and that everybody buys into him. So I'm going to say this, Brad, and this is no disrespect to the Eagles. This is just how good this Raiders team is right now. The Eagles can be here, just not quite yet. Uh, but I'm going to call this one Raiders minus five and a half. This is the real deal, folks. And uh, they're going to make it uncomfortable and hard for this Eagles team to score. And uh, that's no fault to Jalen Hurts. That's just how good this Raiders defense is. All right, last four games up this week. Here we go. Next game up here is Texans at Cardinals. All righty, Davis Mills, good luck with this one. No chance Davis Mills can win this game. We still like Davis Mills and like what he's showing here his rookie year, but this is the Cardinals, folks. Don't ever disrespect the Cardinals again. You see what happens. Plus three on the road, they obliterate the Browns. Do that same thing here. Give me the Cardinals plus three, and I bet my entire future. I bet I, I will rob you. I will have to unfortunately rob you. I'll give you the money back. I'll give you the profits, but I would have to acquire so much capital right here if the Cardinals were getting 
any point. If they were getting point one, if they were getting point zero 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 one point, I still bet my entire future and I still rob y'all for the money that you have and then pay you out when we hit, which we will hit. Uh, but if we get a single sniff of a point here by the Cardinals, it's not going to happen, obviously. But if we do, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, we're all billionaires, folks. But I mean, this is the Cardinals, folks. Are y'all ready? Are y'all stopping the disrespect? Cardinals minus 12, 13 and a half. Cardinals minus 13 and a half. And, uh, you know, it's just unfortunate. The Texans defense gave up the big plays to the Colts last week. This Cardinals team has big play opportunity written all over the field here. And then the defense is going to swallow Davis Mills alive. So uh, we would like to see Davis Mills get back on track. It's not happening this week. Big old win for the Cardinals minus 13 and a half. All right, then we get the Bears at the Bucks, And this is going to be a good game. The Bears defense going against, you know, Tom Brady and company. We'll see how good this Buccaneers defense is kind of holding it together with all the injuries and all that, but it's just Tom Brady at the end of the day. This Bears defense does have a good opportunity to kind of hold Tom Brady to maybe under 30 points, uh, but then at that, at that point, is Justin Fields going to be able to do enough? We just saw him last week, unfortunately not able to do enough to outbeat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. This is kind of the same situation here, except that the Bears are on the road this time. So we're going to call this one Bucks. Minus six and a half. Keep it a little respectful here for Justin Fields and the Bears, but they got to figure out a way to put up some points offensively. And once again, that's coming right back to Matt Nagy. Can we put up some points offensively, folks? I mean, we know Justin Fields can do it. Start utilizing the dual threat ability, the read options, all of that. The screen plays the quick hitters quickly and let Justin Fields air it out. We believe Matt Nagy's holding Justin Fields back with the play calling. Hopefully it's not this week too. So we'll call this one Bucks minus six and a half. Then we get the Sunday night game, Colts at the 49ers. Alrighty, we'll see. We're not buying Carson Wentz. We shouldn't even have even won that game. We broke it down. He had like three big plays. Actually, only two because one was a Jonathan Taylor, like 80-yard run that set up the touchdown. So the Colts had like three plays that went big that they were able to capitalize with touchdowns, and the Texans have Davis Mills. <laughs> I mean, no big playability factor in that, man. Not quite yet. This 49ers defense is pretty solid. We'll see, you know, 49ers coming off of a bye. Jimmy Garoppolo should be good to go here. Trey Lance is a little questionable as well. Let's see, Jimmy Garoppolo questionable and uh, Trey Lance questionable as well. So, you know, if they're both a little banged up, they're going to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. So expect Jimmy Garoppolo to play this game and try and win his kind of starting job back. Not that Trey Lance did himself any favors, you know, the game before the bye. So this Colts team may be feeling themselves a little bit. And this is where we may get the disrespect by Vegas, folks. Because we're going to call this one 49ers uh, minus 4. Yeah, yeah, 49ers minus 4, folks. You get 49ers minus 3 because of the home field. And I'm saying that this 49ers team is better overall than the Colts. And we may be able to get some good value. Maybe Vegas overvalues the Colts, undervalues the 49ers. But 49ers off of a bye. Colts still doing nothing. Still doing nothing. It's not like Carson Wentz is looking good. It's not like this Colts offense is looking good the running game is good I like the running game the passing game is good it's not anything special they're two and four and I would say yeah this is maybe like a three and three team um, but I, I can't buy this Colts team folks there's nothing good about them Carson Wentz is not consistent at all um, you know Michael Pittman Jr. is not even in the offense last week since T.Y. Hilton got there and they connected to T.Y. Hilton like once they were still not moving the ball folks we broke it down don't fall in love with that final score outcome they barely won that game if Tyrod Taylor was in for the Texans I don't even think the Colts win the game so, the Texans definitely need Tyrod Taylor back, and unfortunately, he's not back this week. 
So I'm calling it at 49 is minus four. This is a game. This is the game where we could get some great value. And if we do, I'm, I'm going to make Vegas pay for that. Don't y'all worry. Don't y'all worry. All right, and then the Monday night game here, Saints at Seahawks. Once again, a Geno Smith-led Seahawks team. But they're at home this time. The Saints still with Jameis Winston. We'll see how he's looking here. Saints just came off the bye last week. Is that correct? Have we not seen them in a in a week? What do we got here? No, they just played. Oh, they played. Oh, what did we talk about? They just played uh, Sunday Night Football with the Steelers. Our apologies. Um, but, um, yeah, the Saint Seahawks here at home. Saints not able to move the ball down the field, you know, consistently. This is going to be a nice opportunity for the Saints to do so, especially against the Saints def or the Seahawks defense. Nothing really that great overall. Seahawks at home is the best thing about it. These two teams are kind of evenly matched. Uh, Jameis Winston should outperform Geno Smith, but we haven't really seen, uh, you know, uh, uh, James Winston really do it for the game, you know, consistently. So we'll see what the Saints team is going to be looking like here. Um, yeah, this is going to be interesting. Um, what do I want to see? What do I want to see? Oh, the Saints were on the bye. Did I say the Saints? I meant to the Saints. Yeah, I was going to say. I was like, that didn't... I was going what I said over my head. I was like, that didn't make sense. Yeah, Saints were on the bye last week. Saints coming off the bye. Michael Thomas, is he good to go? We were kind of hearing early on, you know, in the offseason, hey, he's going to be out kind of uh, till the bye. So let's quickly take a quick look right here. Um, is Michael Thomas good to go? No, he's still on the PUP list, so they haven't activated him yet, and I think they would have done it by now. But uh, we're going to call this one Seahawks minus two and a half. I like this Saints team a little bit better overall. Their defense is a little bit better overall. But Seahawks at home, we give them the three. It's going to be a good game. We'll see what Geno Smith can do. He's playing really good football. You know, just unfortunately turning over the ball at the last possession. One time his fault. One time not his fault. So we'll get the tiebreaker this game. So it's going to probably be a close game. Take the points if you get them. We'll call it uh, Seahawks minus two and a half. Alrighty, now that we have all the lines predicted, let's go to DraftKings uh, Sportsbook and see what the lines are. Is our thinking lining up exactly on par with Vegas' thinking? And where is that sweet, sweet disrespect that we can cash in on, folks? Let's figure out and find out why. Here we go. The Thursday night game tonight, Broncos at Browns. We predicted this line at Broncos. Whoa. We predicted this one at Broncos minus 6.5, and, and we over-predicted this one as hack. Holy cow. They're calling this one Broncos plus one. Wow. Real small spread right here. A lot of believability in Case Keenum. But, uh, you know, we know the running game is not there. And I don't think Case Keenum is going to single-handedly get it done here for this Browns team. Let's quickly take a quick look at... But, uh, yeah, right here. Perfect. Uh, let's see. Where is this defense here for the Broncos overall at? Are they good? Did they just have a little bit of a stinker performance last week? So here we go. What do we got here with the Denver Broncos? And I mean, they're six in points allowed, folks. They've only given up 110 points. The Browns have given up. How many points have the Browns given up here? The Browns have given up 151. So overall, just point totals. The Broncos are not letting you score. They've only given up 1,800 yards in total, which is real solid out here. Um, do they give up the run or the pass? They give up 1,300 passing yards, which is real good. This is real good. Really kind of below average a little bit. Average is 1,400, so fantastic. And in the rushing attack... They've given up only 513 yards. The average is 661, so they're not going to allow that third-string running back to get it done. I think I'm liking the Broncos here to get back on track. Give Teddy Bridgewater his credit. He is not holding this team back. And the Browns, without Case Keenum, 
If they can get it done without Case Keenum or with Case Keenum without Baker Mayfield, that's just going to send the media into a frenzy of, hey, this is, you got to get rid of Baker Mayfield right now. So I don't know if the Browns get it done collectively offensively. I think the Broncos defense steps up. I think this is solid value here. Broncos plus one. We were ready to swallow six and a half points, folks. Like, that's crazy. So give me the Broncos plus one. Give me the Broncos on the road. Let me see Teddy Bridgewater go get it done. This is a big must win game here for the Broncos. Still for the Browns as well, but they have an excuse oh we didn't have our running game we didn't have baker mayfield uh broncos they're like we need to win this game we're three and three if we lose the only thing we can say is oh we were on the road on thursday night that's the only reason why we lose this game so i think i like the broncos here plus a point folks that's going to be our official pick tonight good value this is good value not great value good value here broncos plus one all righty, now let's head over to the Sunday slate. Here we go and start off with the Bengals at the Ravens. We've predicted this line at Ravens minus five, and it's going to be Ravens minus six and a half. So right under that seven-point hook, live and die by it. Um, so, yeah, I think this is exactly what we were saying. We, you know, went a little bit low. So we understand the six-and-a-half-point spread right here. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be the true test right here. And I don't think I'd take the Bengals plus six-and-a-half. I really kind of... Stay away from this game. This is no great value since it's on that kind of hook of, you know, you score with threes and sevens. If they win by a touchdown, you lose all of that, you know, depending on how you bet it. So I would stay away from it just because it's on that hook line. And this is the test here for the Bengals. I don't know if the Bravens blow out the uh, Bengals like they just blow out the Chargers. I think the Bengals can keep it a little bit more competitive. It's just how much. This is exactly, this is the spread. Vegas knows the game right here, folks. This is why we have to stay away from it. Stay away from this game. I advise y'all to stay away from the game. I'm not taking this game. I'm not going to take this in our picks tomorrow. No way. Um, this is the game. This is the test game. This is the game. Vegas is playing the test. I mean, this is what Vegas does, folks. This is why it's so hard to find the disrespect. This is nowhere near disrespect. This is exactly what it should be, folks. That's exactly what it should be. Jeez, they're playing the game. They're playing the game. Can't fault them. They're playing the game. Alrighty, Washington at Green Bay, folks. We predicted this line at Packers minus 8.5, and, and it's Packers minus 7.5. So exactly right on par with our thinking. This is going to be a blow for the Packers. I expect Aaron Rodgers to get back to it. And, you know, if the Washington football defense finally arrives, the plus 7.5 is a good value for Washington, but we just don't see it happening, and we're not going to wait around and play around to it to happen. And remember, all those kind of turnovers were kind of on the Chiefs last week. It wasn't really the Washington football team uh, forcing those, and even if the defense is good we saw you know the defense flounder in the second half because Taylor Heineke in the offense was not consistently putting up the points that gets in the head of the defense that gets the motivation to the offense and uh, on the other team and they're able to blow it out in the second half like we've seen 40 times already this season folks we've seen it so many times that's exactly what's happening here so Packers minus seven and a half solid value solid value Alrighty, next one up is Falcons at Dolphins. We predicted this one at Dolphins minus four and a half, and that's the mother-loving disrespect. There it is, folks. The first disrespect of this week that we are absolutely going to cash in on is Dolphins plus two and a half. We just had two big, utter disrespects last week. Hit them both. This is the one this week. At least one so far. We've only been talking about one, two, three, four. This is the fourth game up that we're talking about, and we've already got disrespect. Are you out of your gosh dang gourd, folks? Dolphins plus 
plus two and a half at home. Oh, revenge game. All of that for the last loss last week in London. Oh my goodness. Here it is, folks. The disrespect. Dolphins plus two. What, Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan's going to get it done on the road? Okay, they're coming off of a bye. Now, that is the best thing here for this Falcons team. But overall, it's Tua, folks. He's always puts you in the game. Now, if they can get over the bad coaching here by the Dolphins, this Dolphins team can be winning games. Oh, my goodness. And we get two and a half points at home. Don't disrespect this team, Vegas. Come on. This is the value. That's the disrespect. Cash in. Dolphins win outright. This is not. I, this is going to be a big game for the Dolphins, folks. Everybody's chatting about this Dolphins team. They're making the trade for Deshaun Watson. Tua can't play. Brian Flores should be fired. All that. The offensive coordinators can't call plays. They're hearing all that. They take advantage and they get it going right before the bye. They must win this game. This is a must-win game for the Dolphins. If they go 1-6, season is over. Heading into the bye, they salvage it by winning this game, going into the bye, and fixing everything that is wrong, which is obviously not Tua. We just did a 40-minute breakdown of them. 40 minutes? Was it 40 minutes? Maybe only 20. Uh, but we just did that breakdown yesterday in our Wednesday film study. Dolphins plus two and a half. Disrespectful value. Vegas, you have done it again. You have you have done it again with the disrespect. There it is. Dolphins plus two and a half. Uh, spoiler alert, this is our pick tomorrow when we make our official picks. Jeez Louise. Man, there it is. All right, let's keep going with the disrespect. Where's the next disrespectful value? Let's find it. Here we go. Next matchup up is the Jets at the Patriots. We predicted this line. This line at Patriots minus three. And wow, it's Patriots minus six and a half. Real interesting right here. Now, um, Patriots, obviously their defense is good, but Zach Wilson coming off of a bye. So why did the Jets get, you know, not favored off of a bye, but y'all are going to favor the Falcons off of the bye? That heavy? Come on. Disrespectful value. Dolphins plus two and a half. Get it. Get it while you can. Jeez. But Jets at the Patriots here. Jets plus six and a half is looking really appetizing, honestly. Uh, like we said, Zach Wilson... Hey, he says he's figured out what is wrong. We heard him, um, you know, after the London game. He's figured out what he did wrong. Let's see if he fixed it up and cleaned it up. We've got to see that from him. Uh, Patriots, Mac Jones, you know, kind of, you know, we've seen him throw, you know, 30 plus times. Not good. We've th seen him throw 25 less times. Very, very good. So it's just depending on what this Patriots team is going to do offensively. We know their defense is real solid. Matthew Judon versus Zach Wilson. <laughs> good luck, Zach Wilson. Matthew Judon's been wrecking havoc the entire season. So this is going to be a good game to watch. We'll see what happens. Spread is a little bit too big to swallow six and a half for the Patriots. Yeah, they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Cowboys, but once again, the refs got in the way a little bit and uncharacteristic turnovers by the Cowboys made it seem a little bit closer than it was. And then the big deep shot, you know, at the end of the game that went, you know, 75 yards on one play. Just so I'm not buying this Patriots team all this. So Jets plus six and a half, I think it's solid value right there. It's not disrespect. It's not anything like that. It's just solid value, I would say. All right, then we get the Panthers at the Giants. We predicted this game at Panthers minus six and a half, and it's only Panthers minus three. That's amazing value right there. Panthers minus three against this Giants team. I know the Panthers offense, we don't really like the offense, but the defense is real solid right here, and this Giants team is just absolutely nothing. They have no identity. They don't even, I don't even know if they, honestly, if you told me the Giants didn't play a game all season so far, I would probably be like, yeah, that's probably right because they're so unmemorable. They're just nothing, folks. Panthers only have to give up three, folks, and you're talking about they're comparing this Panthers-Giants game exactly to the Falcons-Dolphins game? That's not a comparison to make, folks. No way with the spread line being basically the same. I cannot believe the disrespect by the Dolphins, folks. There it is. 
Alrighty, let's keep moving on here. Panthers minus three is great value, I would say. Um, I don't like giving Sam Darnold all that, all that credit. I don't think he deserves all that credit, but that Gi that's how bad this Giants team is. All right, then we get the Chiefs at the Titans. We predicted this game at... We predicted this game at Titans minus two and a half, and there's the disrespectful value again, folks. Titans plus five. Did y'all not just learn your lesson with the Titans plus five, five and a half, six? Oh, my God. Titans keep it close, folks. Derrick Henry can control the clock, control the game, and we get five points at home here for the Titans with the Chiefs turning the ball over three, four times a game. Are you nuts? This game is close at the end of the day. Maybe the Chiefs win, but we get five here. Another disrespectful value here set by Vegas Titans disrespected two weeks in a row like that damn 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 Titans plus five folks fantastic value oh my goodness I love it that's our pick tomorrow I'm spoiling all the picks tomorrow you don't even have to come to the show tomorrow Dolphins plus two and a half Titans plus five do what y'all ever do what y'all need to do with that information and make some gosh dang money holy moly damn Chiefs minus five? Oh my goodness I don't I don't believe it I don't like it. I don't think that's great value with this Chiefs team who's turning the ball over and now is on the road here. <sighs> that's great value. Ch Titans plus five, folks. Love it. Let's keep moving on here. So far, two disrespects. And we got one, two, three, four, five, six more games to go, folks. Man, oh, man. Let's build up this disrespect and get a nice parlay going, shall we? Here we go. Lions at Rams. We predicted this line at... Rams minus 11 and it's Rams minus 15. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, we lowballed it. Vegas is highballing it. Exactly that. Two possessions more than that. Exactly that. Rams minus 15 and a half. That is not great value. I would stay away from that. Backdoor cover all those situations. You know, teams usually don't get blown out by, you know, three scores or more. That doesn't really happen that often here. Um, so no good value. There's no good value here. And taking the Lions plus 15 is not good value at all. No way. Um, so exactly what the line should be. Big, big value. Or big, big line. Bad, bad value. All right. Then we get the Eagles at the Raiders. Uh, we predicted this line at... Uh, Raiders minus five and a half, and it's Raiders minus three. Ooh, this is good value. Um, like we said, this is no disrespect to the Eagles. They're just not quite ready offensively. I like their defense. Their defense is real solid. Their offense, I don't believe it's that consistent to be competitive, especially going on the road here in Las Vegas uh, with this high-powered offense that is still putting up the points. I think only swallowing three with the Raiders is rare, really, really good value here. Uh, hopefully, the Eagles can keep it close. That's what Vegas is saying here. Hopefully they can do that. We'll see if they can do that. All right. <clears throat> Texans at Cardinals. We predicted this line at at uh, Cardinals minus 13 and a half and it is Cardinals minus 17 and a half. Yeah. So we definitely under predicted the, the Rams line, the Cardinals line. But yeah, this is, I mean, these are going to be big blots here. Uh, no great value. No good value at all. I would heavily stay away from Cardinals minus 17 and a half. Absolutely. All right, last three games up. Here we go. Bears at Bucks. We predicted this line at Bucks minus six and a half, and it's going to be Bucks minus twelve. Ooh, wow! I think that might be starting to get into some disrespectful territory, giving us twelve points here with this Bears team. We think the defense can decently hold the Bucks. 
decently, decently. Um, they just held Aaron Rodgers decently, but they were at home. Another factor there. Uh, we'll see what this Bucks defense can do. But uh, 12 there with the Bears. That is definitely appetizing. I'm not going to lie. We'll see if that's a sucker back come on Monday. But uh, I think that's a tempting line. And Vegas knows what they're doing, folks. They know what they're doing. And like we just said, against with that uh, Ravens-Bengals line of Ravens minus 6.5, they know what they're doing with that value. And this is real appetizing value with the Bears plus 12. We may fall for that trap. That might be a trap bet that we may fall into, folks. We'll see tomorrow. All right, then Colts 49ers. This is one where we could get real good value. Potential for disrespect. Are we going to get three disrespects here by Vegas this week? Here we go. Colts at 49ers. We predicted this game at 49ers minus four. I'm really hoping for some points here. Let's see the disrespect. The line is, ah, uh, no, we're right on the line. So fantastic. Uh, 49ers minus four and a half. We predicted 49ers minus four. We thought Vegas may uh, overlook this 49ers team, but this is exactly right. This is exactly right. No buyable. This is not good value with the Colts plus four and a half. I think this is the sucker bet that Vegas might be setting up right here. Colts plus four and a half. I don't think is any good value here. Colts on the road. Colts in close games. Colts versus teams that are decently good in this league. It doesn't result into anything. They lose those games. They lose the games close. They lose all of that. So 49ers here off of the bye. Jimmy G most likely back at quarterback trying to get his job back. At least secure it and be like, hey, don't even think about you starting Trey Lance because this is what I'm doing. So 49ers defense eats the Colts alive. Damn, damn, damn. Vegas, we respect you. That Well played, Vegas. Well played. <laughs> And then the Monday night game, last game of the week here, Saints at Seahawks. We predicted this line at Seahawks minus two and a half, and it's Seahawks plus four and a half. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think this might be a little bit of disrespect as well. This Seahawks offense with Geno Smith, I think, is solid. It's not obviously as good as Russell Wilson, but it's manageable. They were in the game. Unfortunately, you know, he floundered at the end of the game and fumbled the ball away and lost the game. That's unfortunate. You know, those things happen. But we get four and a half here. We'll see what the Saints offense can do here off of the bye with Jameis Winston and all that. Don't think Michael Thomas is quite ready. Saints on the road here. And this Seahawks defense is going to have to start kind of getting it done a little bit more consistently. Start having those takeaways and all that here. So that's going to be a good game. Uh, Seahawks plus four and a half may be some solid value that we will potentially look into uh, getting here. So that's interesting. Alrighty, those are the lines, folks. These are the week seven lines. Some nice disrespect. Dolphins plus two and a half. What was the other one? Dolphins plus two and a half. Titans plus five. Titans still getting five points, folks. When are y'all going to learn that Derrick Henry is the real mother-loving deal? Alrighty, so we're taking the uh, Broncos plus one tonight, and we'll have our official picks tomorrow on the show. Alrighty, folks, that is going to do us do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. We're back live tomorrow, noon Eastern, doing our NBA 10, breaking down the Thursday night game, making our official picks. And if we have time, we'll squeeze in Sam Darnold. And if not, we'll do that on Saturday, looking at all those incompletions and seeing if they're on him or the wide receivers. So we'll break that all down tomorrow and Saturday. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow, folks. Join us if you will. Join us if you please and uh, make some money, please, this week. Don't let that opportunity pass you by like it passed you by last week. Go make that money, folks.